Princess. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Emma. And I'm Haley. This is our last episode of the Boss Babe series. Today we're going to be talking with Cindy Jones. She's one of our friends new to us this year. And she is just an all-around caring, very hardworking, motivational person. And this interview, it was so fun and it's so good. Yeah, every time I talk to Sydney, I'm just struck by how genuine she is and how much she wants to know about you. And she's just so intentional. And you can see that in her work life as well. We talked about a lot of great things on this episode, like burnout because she's a full-time college student and then also doing so, so many different things and then how she's kind of like found her passion and that your passion doesn't necessarily have to be um, your main source of income as long as you kind of have something that is your passion. Um, I got a lot out of this episode and I've gotten a lot out of all of our episodes. Like we said, this is the last episode in our Boss Babe series and we've had seriously so much fun recording all of them and talking to all of these different girls. Yeah, it's been so fun. So without further ado, grab a pen and a piece of paper and we'll hop right in. Hi ladies, we're here with Sydney Jones. She's one of our friends from GCU and just the sweetest ever. Yes, um, we love her. <laughs> Sydney, thanks for being here. Do you want to start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself and like your upbringing, yes. your family, stuff like that? Yes, I would love to. Yeah, I was born in NorCal, so home of Sacramento. I live just like a little above Sacramento. Um, I was born in a Christian home, so I had the privilege of being raised in that environment and being able to continue that out at GCU. And I am one of four girls. So it is a very busy home. And then we added a little two-year-old boy when he was six weeks old. So he's been through it all with us, which has been the sweetest blessing. Like as our ages range range from like 23 all the way down to two. So it's a very up-and-coming house. Um, I get to love a very kind man, um, Andrew, who gets to attend DC with me out there. And I know you guys know him as well. Yeah. And I, biggest thing is I just love to travel. I think that's something like that. So, so many of us think is like a global thing, but it's mainly just local for me. I mean, I have the privilege to live somewhere where I'm only an hour from Tahoe, Lake Tahoe, where it's like the mountains and then I'm only two hours from the city. That's amazing. I get to experience a little bit of the both. And so I think that just Um, I've been able to carry that out to Phoenix with me as well. So traveling is just a fun thing to do for me. That's awesome. Um, Where are you in the lineup of your siblings? I am number two. So 23, I'm 19, 20. (laughs) I forget my own age here. Um, Relatable. And then 17, 12, and then two. So we have quite the span going on. So there'll always be kids around, which is super nice. I love that. And then you said you love to travel. Where's your favorite place that you've been? Mm, That's so tough because obviously there's the international. I've been over to Japan for missions, which is such a cool, I mean, you get to experience island life, but also we get to experience city there. So it's Mm kind of like the in-between, like how it is here. San Francisco has my heart. Every time I come home, I am gifted the ability to go down there and just roam the cities. Um, But I would have to say above all is probably New York. Didn't know I would love it so much, but I got the opportunity to go out there. And so really just a city. I mean, New York, San Francisco, however, whatever sides it is, I love the city. I love that. Wait, didn't you just go to New York or were you planning on going to New York? 
That's yeah. So we were planning to go for our spring break, and obviously, oh. as everything has evolved, that was quickly canceled the night oh. before our trip. That's so, so sad. I'm so yeah, sorry. it was a bummer, but obviously, like, there's so much going on over there with everything happening yeah. right now, and so it was the best choice. But I was thankful to have been there before compared to my roommates, which didn't have the privilege of doing that. So we're excited to postpone that trip, not cancel the trip. <laughs> yes, that'll be so fun. Yeah. Okay. So give us like a rundown of what exactly it is that you do for it. Cause I feel like, like, I feel like every time I like see you, you're always like doing a different thing. Um, so <laughs> just like, tell us what you do for work. Are you also self-employed? Like what is a typical day in your life look like? No, obviously not right now. Cause no one's life looks typical right now, but like right. at school when you're like in your routine, like what does that look like for you and what do you do? Yes. So it's a little combination of everything under the sun, I believe. (laughs) Um, So I work for three companies that are essentially owned under the same employers. And so I work for the founders, the Vintage Arcadia, and Junk in the Trunk Vintage Market. And I work as their sole employee and help with their styled shoots and um, as their photographer for our product services, as well as um, really anything like I'm there to meet their needs and be yeah. their hands and feet for whatever they need. And I've gotten the privilege to do so. So for them, I am their employee. And then through the connections that I've made through their companies, I picked up a camera and was able to do some freelance work just with other small businesses or individuals in the Phoenix area that just needed some simple photography services that aren't super expensive because obviously I'm not a professional at this. And so I've been able to offer that as well when I'm out in Phoenix. And one of the connections that I made out there is actually my line of work now. So I'm working independently with a lawyer doing just some marketing um, strategy for her, as well as just mainly like through the lines of Facebook and a little bit of social media and things like that, which I'm so grateful for. So it's a little bit of everything. Um, I also nanny and babysit. So, and we all know that that's a praised line of work in college because it's, oh yeah, you just get oh, yeah. with kids. So that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So you weren't into photography or anything before you started or you were, or you just like learned, like how did that all come about it came about in a moment of weakness let me tell you this (laughs) one night I was sitting with Andrew and he is a man of all trades he is a chef and a photographer and a hunter and all of the things a dentist soon to be and I was sitting there with him and I was crying so here we go moment of weakness classic woman and I'm sitting there and I said I just don't have a hobby like I don't have something outside of I have a passion to work but what can I offer just my intellectual property like I want to offer something and he says well why don't you just buy a camera so the offer up queen I am I started (laughs) searching everywhere in all states and found this camera that I knew that some type of professional had used and I picked that up in November of my freshman year. So 2018. And it happened to be that with the job that I had, I had the opportunity to just begin shooting with them and begin building connections. And so 
it's been a very much work in progress and fly at the seat of your pants or however you want to say that saying because you just had to think on the spot there were times where my SD card would be full and I would have to have to improvise and persuade the client to say oh let's look at them on my computer while I dump my SD card and then (laughs) go on from there so it's definitely been a process of learning and growing when it comes to the photography and really figuring out if this is a passion of mine and if I want to use it for work or just for leisure really yeah that's one of the things I have loved about you as I've like gotten to know you is that you are the type of person that you're just like this is what I'm doing and so I'm going to do it well and I'm going to learn as I go but like you're so good at like not letting the the things that may not go as planned like mess you up you like you're very I don't know if prepared is the right word, but you come off very prepared, even if you're not, you know what I'm saying? So I appreciate um, that. I try and live by the saying, say it with confidence and they will believe you. (laughs) Because there is so much weakness and so much nervousness a little bit behind that. But, it, you know, it all works out in the end. The Lord has given us gifts to be confident in and he will supply the strength to sustain those. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, so for sure. But yeah, I mean, going back to your question with what a typical day would look like, I think when obviously working and then fitting in classes, everything kind of had their schedule and whether I fit to that schedule was my accomplishment for the day. <laughs> I think just for that. And so it would either be waking up, going to class or waking up, going to work and then vice versa because I had class every day. And so I would wake up, make my coffee with my girls in the morning and then have three more cups in the day to sustain <laughs> that schedule. Wow. <laughs> um, and then spend 10 minutes with my boyfriend at night and then hit the hit the books and then hit the bed going there and it was always filled with some type of new like trying a new restaurant or trying a new coffee shop and getting a meeting with coffee with one of our the mentors or with meeting customers at the vintage and so it was just it was a sweet cycle that was hustle and bustle but also was very life-giving like even though it was a full schedule it was very life-giving for me and everything that I was invested in was something that I wanted to be invested in even though sometimes it felt like a burden and Andrew would definitely keep me in check for that because I think we all need that accountability for Mm -hmm. the schedules that we commit to it's what Mm -hmm. we committed to yeah Yeah, that's I was gonna ask how were you able to find like balance in it um like is that something you struggled with or like how are you able to find that balance because I know like especially in college like everyone is so busy and that's something I know like Emma and I both of us have struggled with at different times. Yes balance that is the word of the day every day (laughs) and I think it's also a choice every day like am I going to be able to balance it all today or is there are there things that I need to sacrifice and -hmm. I think that's how we really do appreciate the need for balance in your schedule and my roommates when I was staying up till 3 or 4 a.m editing photos or things like that could attest that I was no professional at balance um, when it comes to time or priorities. And so I think it's something that I really did deeply struggle with. And I still struggle with even in this transition home and finding a routine when there's no routine and know where to go to find productivity. And so Mm -hmm. I think there's something so special, like when you do find that balance, it is something that is constantly transforming. And you have to be willing to go with that mm-hmm. transform because obviously every day brings new things and brings new conversations and different feelings and emotions come up. And so I think having that balance is definitely a choice. 
and just willing to make the sacrifices to keep that balance intact. That's really good. That's really yeah. good advice. Yeah. So how did you get here? Like, how did you get doing all these things? Oh, you know, I have a mother as a businesswoman. So I definitely come after her when it comes to my mindset. And my dad is a landscape designer. So he has the whole design mindset. And so I think I knew that I wanted to be in the business world. And I knew I wanted to to design something or that that was designing someone's lives. So I had this long-term aspiration. So I began with an aspiration, but truly like when it comes to day to day, how do you like put in the footwork to get to where I am and like what I've done over the past few years, it came down to three things, which I think the biggest thing is relationship. Like everyone always says like, it's who, you know, it's who, you know, but you don't get to who you know without the relationship aspect. And mm-hmm. also to sustain those relationships, you have to have to have an eagerness to listen and an eagerness to learn because there's so much like the one thing that I've taken from like this place of life I am and the community that I have out in Phoenix and the mentors that are before me is my eagerness to just listen to them. I mean, I can attest I'm not mm-hmm. an amazing listener. But being able to listen from them and get actions that I need to take then goes into that third subset of your work ethic. My work ethic has been something that I have built day in and day out. And it is something that I'm so proud of because that's truly, I mean, sometimes this generation, sometimes it's hard to find that. Like when people come to me and say, oh my gosh, like, can we just duplicate you or things like that? Like it's not work is not easy. And I think if we're willing to put in the work to find that balance, the work to find those relationships in that, like it all takes a work ethic and each of our work ethics looks differently. But I think that's one of the major foundations that we have to be able to get to Mm -hmm. the places that we want to be, regardless of what those Mm -hmm. aspirations are. And so I think, I mean, that's, I think that's huge for our age and like the place of life that we're in right now. Totally, totally. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, but as for like connections like out in Phoenix, it really does like a testament to the relationships are I was in high school and I was the TA for an elementary principal who ended up being the mother of the business owners out in Phoenix. So and she just kind of watched me grow up and watched me treat people how I did and like my work ethic that I began working on years and years ago, even in high school, she saw that and then passed that on to her son and like, and that made that connection for me. So it's really just like sustaining those relationships truly does like who you treat now could be your boss later or who you you treat now could be the connection point when you need to lean on someone further down in your career or further down in your life, depending on what stage of life you're in. And so that was just a testament to what I'm saying, like that it's not just like this far off goal, but it's something that can be worked on now even if you're not seeing the yeah, results. Totally. Yeah, totally. That's literally how I got my job that I have today too. Like yeah. it's from my principal in high school. Like it's so funny. It's amazing like, what those principals like, can do, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just like, you have no clue what, like how things are going to turn out Seriously. when you're like 18. Like you just don't know. Yeah. So you talked about your mom um, and how she's a businesswoman. And you've looked up to her. You work in a female run business. So like How has that inspired you and what have you learned about being a woman in the business sphere? Yes, I think beginning there, you know, I always was like, I'm going to step into this role in the business world and there's going to be all these men around me, but there's also so many primary 
women leaders and all this. And it truly, it does help that I have a significant leader in my home and someone that I've got to see like the femininity about it, but also like the strength Mm -hmm. of being a woman in the business world. And I think only like stepping into that community has given me the perspective to really learn from all these female entrepreneurs out in Phoenix that I get to be surrounded with because they truly, it it goes back to the balance. Like it's a daily choice. All these women are moms. And I mean, I stepped out of the womb as a mother. I brought in our sweet two-year-old at six weeks by just watching him. And so I just wanted, like, I love babies. I love, and that's like my far dream is to just be a mom, but also like not lose sight of the purpose and the, and the strengths that the Lord has given me to also run a business. And so mm-hmm. I think learning from I literally just got chills. Oh, I love that. You're yeah, so, so good. Um, but it's just something that I think that's where like passions collide. And I've been given the gift of learning that it does take balance. And there's days where I've watched my bosses like have to leave and like go tend to their children. But that's because they want to be moms of excellence, but they also want to be business owners of excellence. And that's kind of something that I've been raised upon is you do things with excellence. And that is something that has rung so true when it comes to watching this community of women is that they can you can do both. There's going to be hard days and there's going to be tough days. But you will get through it and like you get to experience still being like an individual in the business community, but also being the mom that you want to be. And so I think for me, like that's the biggest like personal takeaway. Obviously, there's like a million other things that could be taken away from a female run business community and what I can do like tactically and statistically and all this kind of thing. But overall, I think that was the biggest thing that hit home that I will carry with me for the oncoming years, regardless of where Andrew and I end up. I love that. Uh, I love that. I'm like going to listen to this to hype myself up. (laughs) That's so so good. So going off of like you dream to be a mom and then wanting to own your own business, where do you see yourself in five years? And like, what are your goals for the future? Well, in five years, obviously, a million things can happen in five years, just as a million things have happened in the last month. <laughs> and things that change yeah. Oh, yeah. constantly. Oh, yeah. And I think that's a part of being vulnerable to that change and being willing to participate in it by doing things with excellence. And so I think for myself, obviously, I love Andrew with my entire heart and I want to spend the rest of my life with him. And he has a calling to be a dentist and serve in that field. And so he will be... Most likely we will be away in some city at a medical school, wherever that be named. Um, And I will be working for a corporation or some type of place, including probably a bunch of side hustles because, you know, we got to pay the bills and we got to put in the work to (laughs) get those things done. And so we'll probably be in that season of life um, in five years, but I think it'll still be the biggest thing is I'll still be learning. I will yeah. always be learning how I can yeah. continue serving the Lord in the places that he's offered for me. And it's really just coming to know that I won't know what's ahead. I can have these aspirations, but I'm going to put in the work today to get to those. And so I think for those, it's just hopefully ending up back in NorCal after those five years or in 10 years and living on land and being able to host dinner parties and do all the things, have lots of babies. And I don't know. You know, do all the things that we look for. (laughs) Love that. 
Love that. So you are like, like one of the things I think that I really admire about you, or I know both of us admire about you is one, your work ethic, but two, like, I feel like you, everything you do is like a hundred percent. And like, you're just like passionate about the things that you're involved with. So how do you, like, what tips would you give for people who are looking to find a job they're passionate about and that fuels their purpose? Oh, what a powerful subject. I think that is passion is something that I think sometimes we can lose sight of. Like when has our passion become a task? Like when have we Mm, given too much time into trying to find a passion versus then develop a passion for something? And I think there's things that the Lord has given us that are truly just passions that we have for ourselves. But then there's also passions for other people and how we can serve other people. Something that I've learned, especially just in this during the fall semester of this last year out at GCU, I just I learned a lot in regards to okay, where are my priorities? Where are my passions? How do I distinguish those passions? And for me, I remember I was talking with someone that I look up to and I was just pouring my heart out and we were sharing and I came down to the conclusion that it's healthy to distinguish your passions for something that you want to make money on. So like for me, Obviously, like I found a passion in photography and I'm kind of capitalizing on that a little bit by just being able to serve other businesses. But then I also have passions Mm -hmm. for travel or passions for doing Mm -hmm. little things like I'm really into ceramics right now or doing like little (laughs) random things like this that maybe I could make money on, but I want to preserve that passion for myself. And I want to like preserve that so that I can have things that are life-giving when the other passion maybe be in a season where I'm having to dig my heels in and really work to sustain that passion. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think it's it's something that I learned, which is so... It's something that like you, you learn by just really getting your hands dirty. Like you just got to like start doing it. Like I would have never known that I had a passion for photography if I wouldn't have found a $250 camera on OfferUp that I still have. And so I think it's something that you really just got to get started and it's going to be trial and error. And if you're willing to be humble to that process of trial and error, I think there's so much life that can come from that. And so much passion that can come from that as well, because the certain tasks that I've had to do being employed by someone or working in a certain area that I'm just like, man, that is not for me. It is literally like pulling my teeth out for like a whole semester. I was pulling my teeth out, just figuring out, okay, this is not for me, but I had to do it in order to find, to distinguish that this is not something that I want to make money on because I I don't want to be held accountable for that passion to someone else. I only want to hold that passion accountable Mm -hmm. to myself. And so I think Mm -hmm. there's so much truth when it comes to that is just like putting in the work and then really journaling or figuring out times within yourself. Okay. Is this passion worth it to pursue in like a business sense? Or is it something that I just do whenever like I need something to bring you life on like a hard day. That's so good. That's That's something my mom would always talk to me about that. Like it, that totally makes sense to me because she would always just tell me like, maybe you don't get your dream job. Maybe you do just have a job that pays the bills. But like, as long as you still have like things that do bring you life and that you are passionate about, like, even if you can't make that your main source of income, like that's okay. And I feel like that's something that like our generation, I feel like with just like influencers and like I feel like we're in like a very creative time in in terms of like what you could do business wise that like, I feel like sometimes there is this pressure, like what my passion is has to become my main source of income. Right. Right. But, but I don't think that's necessarily true. Like, I think you've given like a lot of good insight into like 
there are some things that just when you're having a hard day or that you just want to like preserve for yourself you don't have to turn your passion into like your main thing if that's not like what you feel is going to fulfill you in the long run like if you're going to get burnt out by that or if you're going to feel like it's not yours anymore and I think that's so good yeah Mm -hmm. I totally agree I just wanted to know like how do you manage burnout with everything that you have going on and like you just said like there there are hard seasons where you have to just like dig your heels in and get the work done and just grind how do you I don't know how what I want to say but like how do you manage burnout and then like how do you revive that passion for those things because you really do love what you do and I wish this upon no one and especially in our stage of life truly experiencing burnout and unfortunately I did experience that but as unfortunate it is it was very life-giving because I could then like set precedent for myself that I know what that feels like to be burned out and here's the Mm -hmm. preventative steps And if I get to that place again, here's the steps I can do to take out of that. And I did Mm -hmm. reach that place and it was hard. Let me tell you, like, I'm going to be real with everyone here. It was hard because you feel like all passions are lost. You don't, you have no incentive to do (laughs) whatever you need to do. And it's hard. It's really hard. But something that I learned in one of my management classes is that there's constructive stress and there's destructive stress. And I think that falls in alignment with burnout is sometimes like when you're on the verge of burnout, you experience destructive stress, destructive stress, which is what I experienced. It's just like this unmotivation to do anything to even like fight back towards burnout and put in the work to not get to that place. And then I found Mm -hmm. out the distinction between the two. And it was relying upon those passions that I had that brought me life and taking small moments in like five minute things that could bring me life to not be in that place of burnout again. And that was where that constructive stress happened. And that transition happened where I was able to then manage not getting back to that place of burnout. And if I did get that get to that place, I had the steps to do so because I already had been there. And it's really like a personal thing. Like what does burnout look for you? Mm -hmm. I think is the question that you you ask yourself. And what do I need to get out of this place? And so I think for Mm -hmm. managing it, it's definitely a personal process. Like someone else can't manage your burnout for you. As much as I wanted Andrew to manage my burnout for me, I had to do it myself. I had to dig my heels in and figure out, okay, how am I going to get out of this place? Does that mean that I have to pull everything and just put it on hold for two weeks? I've done that before. And it's not an easy place to be because then you feel like a failure, but it was much needed. Like in that time, I needed to pull everything. But then Mm -hmm. in other times of burnout, burnout, I've been in a place where maybe I just relieve one thing. What is the most stressful, Mm -hmm. time constraining thing in my schedule right now that I can just eliminate for like a week or for two weeks and just get myself out? So you either like kind of pull yourself all the way out or you figure out ways to constructively rebuild yourself and rebuild your schedule to a point where you can have that passion to do it. And it's not an easy process. It's I'm like still in figuring out, like not relapsing to that place of like, Oh my gosh, I hate this right now. <laughs> right, so right. I don't know if that really answers. I mean, that's a, it's a hard question to answer because it's so personal and it's something that only you yeah. know when you've reached your rock bottom when it comes to burnout. And so yeah. I think it's just you got to have patience and you got to have grace with yourself for getting to that place, but also getting out of that place. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. I love that. Last question that we have for you. We have loved this episode and like we just love getting mm-hmm. to brag on our friends. And I feel like that's 
kind of what this series has been. So what are you most proud of about yourself? Oh, I think I touched on this a little bit towards the beginning in another one of our questions. Um, And (laughs) I would have to say, I think it's my work ethic. It's something that I look at my life and it's something that I've worked for, for a long time. It's been now like even since the beginning of high school, I always loved to work, but I also wanted to work with excellence. And just as I was raised with that, Mm. you got to do everything with excellence, whether that's your relationships, whether that's your business, whether that's your just simple conversations that you have with people, like taking it with grace, dignity, and excellence is, I think, one of the most powerful things that we can do because that's what's going to separate us apart from the next person when you are in the battle of hardship, whether that's in your business or whether that's in your life. And if you can have the work ethic, I think so many times it translated just to business. Okay, like that person has a great work ethic in their business. But if you look at their life, okay, maybe they still ha- they have a good work ethic in their relationships. Like they're a- they're willing to work in the hard times in their relationships or in their home life. Like if something's going on in their home life, they're still able to hold the backbone of that home. And so I think work ethic is something that I am proud of to say that it's something that I've invested into all areas of my life and not just my business communities. And I think that's something that I've been able to sustain and grow upon even when I get to a place of burnout or even when I get to a place where everything is flying high and it's in a victory zone, I can like fall back on my work ethic and see, wow, I've put in the work to get here so I can enjoy this season of victory, or I put the work to get here and I can make it through this time of burnout or this time of Mm -hmm. hardship, regardless of Mm -hmm. where that is, if that's in a relationship or if that's in, um, my, my home life and, or if that's in my business communities. And I think that's something I will carry with me and like continue learning and growing in through the rest of my life. I think that's amazing. I'm for sure going to re-listen to this even after I edit it and take notes. Like, same. You're super inspiring and we have loved having you on the podcast. Do you want to let everyone know your Instagram uh, and like yes, where they can find I would you? love to hear my Instagram is urban.sid S-Y-D. It is something I came up with years ago, but holding on to the title. <laughs> I love it. Yes. It's so cute. And thank you guys for having me. Like this has <laughs> been such a sweet time just to talk and I think it's something that is deeply treasured on my part, but also just to get to hear from people our age that it's not easy, but we can get there together and get there by leaning on each other, which I think Mm -hmm. is something so powerful during this time of life right now. Yes, definitely. You are Mm -hmm. so wise every time I get to talk to you, which is like sadly way more frequently (laughs) than I'd like, but I'm just like, oh, this girl, like you're just very, you're so intentional. Like Emma said, you have such a great work ethic and you just have so Mm -hmm. much wisdom um to share and we're so glad that you could come on this podcast today and i know that everyone's going to take away a lot from this so oh, thank well, you thank so you much guys. thank you guys do you want to say our outro it's just bye sis. yes of course <laughs> bye sis <laughs>